Whether you're coming from a boat or a stand, welcome back to the lodge with your hosts, Matthew Dredska. Wait, no, 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 that's not what I meant. No, no, come on, no. Dang. Patrick Mudge. I really don't know what to say that's funny because I'm not a very funny person. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) And Nick Condor. There's a difference between picking and itching. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me they're gone. I won't have nothing left. Don't tell me you're strong. Back to the Lodge is brought to you by Icy Tech. USA. Hey, let's just be honest. No one can ever completely beat a mature whitetail census. But if you play your cards right, you can fool them. Now, for all the work you put in to getting this close, make sure the camo you choose is up to the task. Mossy Oak. Made for moments like this. IC Tech now has tumblers and apparel. Check out ictech.com or visit the hardware house in Huntingdon, Bennett's Hardware of McKenzie, to find all your IC Tech coolers and accessories. IC Tech, the classic roto molded cooler that started an entire industry. 100% veteran owned and operated. IC Tech USA. Get up. This moment was brought to you by Higdon Outdoors, a leader in the waterfowl industry for over 25 years. Check us out at HigdonOutdoors.com. Higdon Outdoors has been helping waterfowl hunters make the most of their time in the field for over 25 years. We are a family-owned company, and we're proud to serve duck and goose hunters just like you. We make high-quality, innovative decoys and hunting products that you can afford, helping you focus on what's really important. Check us out at HigdonOutdoors.com. Innovation. Quality. Customer service. That's Higdon Outdoors. Get real. Get Higdon. It's a 6 o'clock hour in West Tennessee. I'm Patrick. I'm Matt. I'm Nick. And welcome back to the Lodge. What a crazy day it's been, hasn't it? <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, was, I was unaware until you called me and you're like, hey, uh, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But... We're not going to talk about any of that today. Um, I think there's enough media outlets uh, butchering it to cover that for quite a long time. Mm. Um, but it all gets back to, you know, hurt people, hurt people. So, yeah. you know, we focus on the mental health, resiliency, and the benefits of the being outdoors. Um, and we've kind of got a hot topic tonight that was real paramount to what's going on um, in the outdoor space. And, and, this is going to be a great episode also uh, when it has nothing to do with outdoors. If you open an, uh, or operate a nonprofit here in the U.S., we have a bit of advice for you. This is going to be a great learning curve. 
I'm always about learning curves. I'm always about teaching. I, I like to good luck to help. <laughs> oh, come on, you've learned a lot in the last year. I no, mean. I mean good, good luck right now. And, and we'll get into the whys, yeah. but well, I mean, late. We're here. Let's take a break from the madness. Let's talk about sustainment, right? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what party's in the White House. It doesn't matter what your local government is. It doesn't matter any of that stuff because if you have a nonprofit, you have a job. And the job is to raise money. As a business's job is to sell, to make money. Money makes the business thrive. Money makes your nonprofit succeed. You can't do any of those without money, and money is a vehicle. That being said, before we get into it, we uh, welcome you for th- and thank you for joining us uh, live on Facebook every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Central. Uh, f- we appreciate you for tuning in, but if you're not following us yet, go ahead and click the follow button uh, at the top of the page or at the bottom of the page or share the video or whatever you want to do. We appreciate all the love, but uh, be sure to follow us. Check us out live on Facebook every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, and you can listen to this podcast available on every major platform from Apple Tunes to iHeartMedia to Spotify to Google to Amazon, all of them. Yeah, yeah. And if there's one face. we're not aware of, let us know. We're probably on it. <laughs> <laughs> and if we're not, let us know because we'll get on it. Yep. And Justin's actually, he just commented down below. Uh, you can also comment on our lives, and we love to have comments and feedback as we get back to you. Justin Sherletic, we've known now for, well, I've known him for years. He, he is our man behind the scenes, the guy that gets it all done. Uh, and makes Nick look better on camera. Oh, um, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Justin's tuned in, so good evening, everyone. Here to take a break from the coup. Uh, I'm not, again, we're not going to get into that part, but Justin, we're glad to have you in here. Uh, if you ever need, Justin's going to hate me for this, if you ever need graphic work done or you need some artwork or logos and stuff, <laughs> Justin's our guy. That's who we use. Hair designs. Uh, he may not have the time, but I'm sure he would you know, make time. For back to lodge clients, right, Justin? <laughs> so, anyways, reach out to Justin. He's right there on Facebook. You can't miss him. Uh, but he's the one that puts us out on all the platforms uh, with the help of uh, currently Knucklehead Media, and uh, and you can even find us on YouTube now. We don't even talk about YouTube, but no. we're on YouTube. Uh, and Justin is the the wizard behind the curtain in the wonderful land of Oz. So you can find us on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram at Back to the Lodge on IG. It so is it at or is it hashtag at? I think it's it at. It is at. Okay. Yeah. I keep, dude, Hash, I, you know how long it took me to learn Facebook? Somebody's going to get a Twitter account? No. no. So check us on back to back to the lodge on there. Uh, but we thank you for joining us. It's a crazy day. It's a crazy world we live in. Um, and in end of the day, it doesn't matter what happens. We want to talk about the nonprofits because we feature and highlight several nonprofits even on the show. And I do want to preface this conversation before we get started. Uh, the nonprofits that we bring on the show are groups that Matt or I, and eventually I'm sure Nick's going to have one, uh, that we know have been close to, vetted, see where their money worked goes, with, worked I mean, with, ran yeah. some of the, the events. Um, nonprofits, they're also referred to as NGOs. NGOs means non-government organizations. Uh, or if you ask some other books, it's non-governmental organizations. Um, but in any case, you know you have a mission, a purpose to help achieve or overcome an adversity. That's pretty much the gist of 99.9% of the nonprofits out there. And they all have a mission statement. But where things are being – there's a line being drawn in the sand, and that's why this topic's coming up tonight – if you have a nonprofit or you're thinking about doing a nonprofit, 
I want to make something very, very clear right off the bat. Your number one goal is to raise funds. Without funds, you don't have operations. You don't have overhead. You cannot justify getting more funds without having funds. So it takes money to make money. And in the world of nonprofits, some people are fortunate enough to have angel donors that have, you know, extra and they like to share. Then you have businesses that want to help and they support. They may support with services. They may support with product. They may may support with money. Where the disconnect, and we see this all the time. I mean, religiously all the time. There is monies available from the U.S. government in grants for nonprofit NGOs. You may or may not qualify for that money. There's a certain amount of that money, but that money is tax money. And tax money is subject to being changed at any time. So even though you may qualify for a grant every year, year after year, there is the potential that the source of that tax money dries up. The credit and lending companies of small businesses, one in particular out of Cincinnati, lost 40% of their clients this year. 40%. Oh, wow. And we're not, they handle millions of small businesses. 40% close their doors this year. Small businesses are typically the easiest route of sponsorship money for a nonprofit. They're approachable. They're local. You know, it's the old saying, and it's, it's not a dig at any major platform like Walmart or Amazon. They do what they do, and they do it well. But they don't sponsor your kid's ball team. They don't show up for your band boosters. They're not there for your local sporting event. They're just not. And if you want to do that and you want to seek them, be prepared for a year or longer waiting list and a review board and a full inspection because they have to have transparency and clear, as small businesses should too. So just because you have a 501c3, or if you're in the veteran groups, the C19 tax designation, that doesn't mean that you're legitimate. That just means that your money is on record with the IRS. It has nothing to do with you run it right. Okay. Example. And this is a controversial subject. Clothing. We won't even say the names of them. Clothing drop-off organizations. Well, you can donate clothes, they resell them. Some people say that's not an appropriate nonprofit. They make money. They're not helping people. I hear that all the time. My counter argument to that was if they were a for profit business, would you give them your clothes for free? No, I wouldn't. Would you be able to buy those clothes for a dollar off the shelf? Nope. So you're allowing for lower income families to have accessibility to affordable clothing. There is a charity aspect to that. Now you go, well, that's wrong. They're making money. You're right. They could file as a for-profit business. They could. But then how are you going to get clothes into the hands of the lower income? Well, they still have overhead and stuff. They've got Absolutely. To, you know, they've got to cover wages. They've got to And those are some very large stores. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that kind and of square footage. Oh, thousands. Right. So, I mean, when you talk about that much overhead, and some of these in cities where they're monthly, Monthly I would say rent. most of them are in cities. I've never seen one in the country. Well, I've seen them in suburbs. 
out, yeah, out, outliers okay. in yeah, suburbs I'll, I'll, yeah. where you know their sure. overhead could be ten thousand a month. Sure. But in the inner cities, there's some that are fifty to a hundred thousand yep. dollars a month, yep. maybe even more in like New York or Chicago. Um, you know, until until there's overlay with NGO, non-government organization, and government organization to work together, where government acquires that land. And there's some states doing this. There's states that have what, what's called land banks, and they're working together with their charities, where the municipality buys up vacant or rundown land for two reasons. Number one, you can help facilitate accessibility in your community. The second thing is you prevent outside investment from buying and depreciating that land. There are, there are businesses out there that will buy property, run it down to foreclose it, to buy it back at auction cheaper than what they paid for it, and then write off the old business assets. It does happen. There are people out there who are very smart and know how to get around money. If we're not all that fortunate, you have to work with your local government. You have to work with the NGOs. Now, that being said, now that I've explained all that, right? If you we we I'm one of the owners of IC Tech. I'm the CEO. Matt is our director of sales. We get asked every day, and I don't even know how many times a day. I, I've kind of deferred a lot of that to you now. It's enough. But I would say at one point. <laughs> Me personally, I was getting at least a dozen requests a day. Well, and I want to be very clear. I don't want them to stop. No. Because we want do to help out. But that's why I want to this, – this is going to help not just them, but everybody else out there. Right. This, could be, this could be your kid's baseball team. It doesn't even have to really be a nonprofit. If you're in a fundraising position, this is so important to understand, that businesses make money based on sales. Nonprofits make money based on fundraising. If you're fundraising – doesn't benefit the sales of your sponsor. You are not helping the hand that feeds you. If our customers buy coolers and we don't champion our customers, we will not be perceived as loyal. If we come on here and, and, I won't say the name, if we make our fortune to help others by marketing to the outdoorsman, And then we say hunting is bad, fishing is bad, outdoors is bad. Then we've manipulated the market. Okay, same thing now. Let's flip that role. You ask for money from a company that makes t-shirts. But you have your apparel made by somebody who doesn't sponsor you. You promote to your beneficiaries companies that don't benefit you. You're not going to get that sponsor money. If your mission statement is not clear, you're not going to get that money. Companies have two major things they have to think about. In today's world of social media, you can be slammed, shamed, or destroyed in a split second. Yeah. I mean, a split second. Yep. And if a company is benefiting a nonprofit, and that nonprofit pops up on the news because their president went out and bought a yacht out of nonprofit money. That is that comes back as a reflection was, well, how'd they get that money? Well, this company was sponsored. So they can be slandered. I don't want to say slander if it's true. They can be destroyed. The reputation of the company can be destroyed. The reputation of your donors. So if you're not putting the end in mind first, you're going to set yourself up for failure. You have to think as a nonprofit and treat it as a business. 
because it is a business. It's a business of raising funds to accomplish your goals and missions. It's pretty simple. Now, all things being equal, when you approach a company or even a person, it could be an individual person, and you would like them to donate or sponsor and I'm not talking like the $5 or the quarters for Salvation Army and stuff like that. I'm talking about the companies that are being asked for $500,000, $10,000, dollars $100,000 donations. Or how I love, would you like to sponsor our nonprofit? What does $100,000 get us? Well, $100,000 will get you the, a footnote in the back of our flyer. Um, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there has to be return on that investment. And sometimes, you know, especially if you're a newer nonprofit, you're asking people to trust and invest in you with no performance. That's an even tougher. So if you think about starting one, you better already have that pipeline. Because if you ask us, and this this is true, Matt, Matt I'll tell you, I'm very firm about this. If you're a nonprofit and you have no performance history, you have no you haven't even started yet. You're still in fundraising mode and you're asking for money and that money is a guaranteed loss or an unguaranteed you know, return. I can invest it into a nonprofit that's going to help thousands of people. Right. Last year, we helped over 84 Gold Star. Oh, last year was 2020. We couldn't do events last year because of COVID. So let me refresh that. 2019, we helped over 84 Gold Star families. We were able to do it with our time, our product, our money, and a little bit of effort to, to travel. There have been organizations that we miscalculated, oh, yeah. that we don't help anymore, um, where we've donated product, and the product didn't even end up at the event. The product was found... In somebody's vehicle. Yep. So a fast way to ruin your reputation is to not support those that support you. It is a very business transaction. It's a very good relationship. It is, it is so hard to earn trust. It is so easy to lose it. So easy. In today's world, with especially with coronavirus, Matt, you and I have talked about this a lot, is that I'm going to bring it over here to you so they can see your sexy face. Um, E-commerce is booming. FedEx, UPS, Postal Service, love them or hate them, they're slammed. Absolutely slammed. People are ordering from home, Amazon. E-commerce, internet sales, is the future. It always was. But now it's somebody stepped on the accelerator. Yep. Coronavirus. (laughs) That being said... I can spend X dollars on Google ads, Facebook marketplace ads, um, other platforms, Amazon. And I know exactly, exactly to the penny what our return on investment is. That's technology. When, when the CEO can tell me or COO, sorry, when the COO Jack could tell me, um, we're at a $17.30 return on investment per dollar spent, ad spend. Then if I spend that $100, I know what I made. Now, you can't just 
step on the pedal and say, well, I'm going to put $100,000 in marketing this month. You have to slowly ramp it up. Why? Because they're building trust. They're showing you're going to perform. They're showing that you're going to fulfill. They want to make sure you don't piss off their clients, whether it's Google, Amazon, Facebook, all of the above. You know, they're building that relationship, that credit history. It's the same thing in the NGO space. You have to build that credit history. You have to show that proof that you're going to come forward. There was a nonprofit, and this I am calling out. If we, we do bring nonprofits on our show after extensive vetting, after extensive research, we have even asked for financials. And I want to know. I want to know exactly what I'm putting my name on. We, we stand by everything we do and we say. And there was an individual recently that uh, tried to put donation links in our comments to their nonprofit on our Facebook page. I understand a few people reached out to that person in the past recently trying to help them and guide them, and they didn't want to take that advice. Um, we love what we do, and our goal is to get more people outdoors. It is that exact bullshit that scares people out of the outdoors. So we ask that if you would like us to promote your nonprofit, you send us a message. We're going to send you some messages. Right. <laughs> and if you're not nice, I'm going to send Nick. And probably a few conversations. There's going to be phone <laughs> conversations. There's going to be, I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. It, even the ones that we have brought in to our circle over the last you know, year, it didn't happen with just an email. I didn't just get an email. Then me and you sat down and we talked about it, and then we brought that person into the discussion. Yep. And it was it was a it, the, if you are coming to us wanting an answer today, you're not going to get an answer today. You're not. We have to do our vetting. We have to understand more about you. And truthfully, we're going to call out to our network and we're going to see what they know about you. We want to help everybody. I mean, even the Navy SEAL fund. I've known Drago for years. Right. Um. I, I'd do anything with him for him, his family. I'd go into battle for him. Still looked up their financials. I've worked with Sox now for eight years. Yep, and Scott's a good dude. Yep, it's but uh, and you have to keep up with it. You have to make yep. sure they're still on the up and up because as nonprofits grow, leadership changes hands, money gets bigger. People, you know, here's here's a little rule in life, and I don't remember who the hell told me this, but I'll never forget it. It's so true. If you have a character defect, and all of a sudden you come into a lot of money. That character defect will be a thousand times louder. If if you have a little bit of a drinking problem and you're not taking care of it, and then all of a sudden you're a multimillionaire overnight, it's a big drinking problem. If you got a little bit of a gambling problem and all of a sudden you come into a lot of money, you're gonna have a big gambling problem. You know, life is life. People are human. That doesn't make you a bad person. It means you have to be aware. You know, we we spend more time worried about significant others and clocks and time and there, there's just so many things you don't get back you don't get back money on a bad investment and you don't get time back in life it's real simple and you got to have fun you got to have fun and be kind to others paul hebert was on the show many weeks ago i don't even it's been probably 20 weeks ago now yeah. um you know he said it best life is short don't be an asshole nobody nobody wants to naturally be hated by others now, there's a difference between being an asshole and standing up for yourself. Um, but your true friends are not going to 
crap on you when the time matters. Uh, and that's just part of life. I mean, we have to accept it. But, you know, at the end of the day, if, if, you, if you're trying to raise money and you're being, you have an aggressive tactic, man, we are veterans, outdoorsmen, <laughs> country music singers don't put up with that crap. Yeah, well, neither does rock and roll either. And neither does Nick, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Heard that. <laughs> How you doing, Nick? I'm doing good. You know you're only a few more weeks away from your uh, Greenhorn uh, graduation. Let's see. You're right. You're right. Because this is, oh gosh, I'm on the spotlight. Episode 22? 23? I don't know. Sounds good. <laughs> yep. Blaine Campbell says, hey, fellas. <laughs> hey, with an A. Hey. <laughs> Driving that new hey car. He is for horses, Blaine. <laughs> Driving that new car. Now he's got to start saying words funny. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Blaine from Shatech USA, founder of the 408. Reach out and touch someone. Thor. <laughs> it's such a great name. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Yeah. What a platform. Um. So, yeah, we had to get that out of the way because I, for whatever reason, I'm trying to do a better job at monitoring comments. However, I didn't see comments last week, and uh, when I found out somebody was raising money with no transparency, no plan, uh, no approval, and, and using our name, pissed me off. Well, And we, we've <laughs> had conversations with this guy. He didn't yeah, pop up out of the Told blue. him we would check it out. But like you were saying, when you come in aggressive, don't be surprised by our... I mean, we weren't rude. We weren't. No. But, I mean. Well, and that was the thing. We uh, we were in the position offering help yep. to guide him. He didn't want to hear it. Um, so, look, you know, I'm nice. I'm always going to. I will always offer to help anybody. Um, probably more than I should. And, unfortunately, you've gotten wrapped up in some of these volunteer duties. Huh? <laughs> hey, man, we're moving somebody today. <laughs> My back still hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine, too, after yesterday. Um but that's super important. If you're in the space of raising money, um, look, guys, it, you can't say, well, you know, I don't want to be disingenuous. Then don't. But at the end of the day, if you're not thinking what's in it for your sponsors, what's in it for your people that are helping you, you know, don't expect them to help you. Um, you know, we like Mossy Oak. Mossy Oak has, has been part of a, with us now for well over a year. Yeah. Um, Mossy Oak has introduced us to a lot of people. And we've introduced a lot of people to Mossy Oak um, for licensing deals. You take care of it. It's a relationship. It's like a marriage or any relationship. Both people have to put in work. If one person's always going to play the victim, it's toxic. It, nothing changes. And you always know a good, bad breakup because it's always with the person running their mouth. It's like, well, now we know who's in the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. But anyways, crazy day, crazy, crazy day. I don't want all of what you said to discourage people that are genuinely trying to help. No, definitely not. I'm glad you brought that up. Because there are, I don't know how many NGOs there are in this country, but there's millions. Yeah. Like, and, and, there, and there are organizations that help vet these, like yep. charitynavigator.org, I think it is. I believe it's .org. Anyway, Google Charity Navigator. And, and they rank and certify nonprofits based on transparency, based on cost of overhead and spend. You can still be a nonprofit 
and the money stays in your house, like in the nonprofit. Right. Yep. There's major defense contractors. Yeah, we are. LMI Logistics in DC. I, I want to say it's like a 20 story building, approximately. Don't quote me to that. Um, right off the Beltway, they are a nonprofit, but they do defense contracting, paid by the government, and they pay employees very well. But it's a nonprofit, so don't think nonprofit means charity. And don't think that charity means nonprofit. And that's also important, too, because just because somebody's doing charity, if you put money into somebody doing charity but they're not a legitimate nonprofit, there are tax repercussions that you can get out of that. And there's also misrepresentation things that can happen depending on where you live. So in certain cases, how your business is – any business, not just Icy Tech, but any business, how their corporate structure is built and registered with the IRS and the federal government and state and local governments – there, you can't just give money away to somebody who's not a 501. Like, it could be a charity, but it's not a 501c3 nonprofit. Right. Well, there is there is no tax benefit to that. And if you have investors, partners, uh, shareholders, that could be violations of your articles, not articles of organization, but your operating agreement. And you could technically lose the equity and ownership of your company by doing things like that. When You have to be following rules. Everybody's got rules. There's rules when it comes to money. There's rules when it comes to business. If you're going to do this, you need to learn those rules. It's like Matt and I have said in in guests on the show, if you're going to go out and learn to hunt, you best follow the law. You know, yes, hunting is a primitive, old-fashioned way of life. It's been around since mankind. But there are regulations and rules that promote and encourage conservation, safety, welfare, and if you don't follow them, I'm telling you right now, catch a fish out of season, you'll do more time than somebody dealing drugs. I promise you. It is a steep, steep fine. I'm, I'm sure you can think of a few examples where the outdoors violating a uh, natural resources laws oh, steeper yeah. than drug crimes. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and even my times in law enforcement, um, and I've worked in so many different varieties of it, we never had problems with anyone, especially children, that had a fishing or hunting license. It was something about following that rules, being outdoors. It kept them on the straight path. I know there's a statistic out there. I heard it not long ago about the demographics of people who commit crimes and then against the people who also own a hunting or fishing license, and it's mm-hmm. dramatically lower. Yeah. I wish I knew those numbers. But. No, I'm sure there's always, you know, for every argument, it's a counter-argument. I'm sure there's somebody that can say it has to do with social classes and costs and stuff, but... It's still your decision-making. We did a little... Well, I don't want to say we, because it is a we, but I'm going to say it's Nick. Nick came up with a really creative little behind-the-scenes video uh, that he filmed and produced and edited and uh, did the lighting and everything but the makeup. (laughs) What makeup? The credits, dude. You should have found some. You should have found some. Did you see me in that video? So basically what you're saying is that I did an awful job making you look good. I guess so. I don't know how you came to that conclusion. I was saying everything was great except for the person in it. Dude. <laughs> it's funny. If you it's watch, a dog of myself. If you, you watch the it. credits at the end of the okay. video, it's but, Nick Condor, Nick Condor, yeah, Nick that's, Condor, that's Condor, what I was Nick getting Condor. But the thing about it is, is that whenever you... Okay, so in school, mm-hmm. like uh, last year, I remember. Me. I remember in my live 
live sound engineering class that I had to take. They always told us, they said, um, you know, the performer, the, the band could be on stage and yeah, they're performing awesome. But at the end of the day, it is also a performance for you as well. I've actually heard sound engineers can make bad bands sound great. And they can. That's pretty cool. And they can. That's why you make my voice sound so good. And that's why I can make you look very good on camera. Oh, that's you why can? We, that's why we pay you the big bucks, Nick. You can fix, yeah. you can fix this mug? I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cut camera there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, took- check that video out. Nick made a great little video. It's kind of the behind the scenes, the birth of a podcast, and in... Talking about Back to Lodge, it, it kind of highlights some of the memories of the first year. Uh, last year was one hell of a year, but it highlighted some of the the ups and downs. And we talked about uh, we talked about Nick on a stick. We <laughs> talked about the happiest moments, the saddest moments. Um, we talked about the funniest moments. And hmm. uh, stripper Matt over here, um, <laughs> who showed us his uh, tootsie roll. Um, <laughs> Yeah. King size. I, I wouldn't even <laughs> even a king size tootsie roll is only two inches long. <laughs> See, I, I still, I, I, still You're think, I still think that's too big of a comparison. Hey, <laughs> maybe a tic tac. It was cold in here. It you, was. You've never turned it down. Oh boy! All right. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's how you kill that conversation. Yeah. Moving on. I'm sitting <laughs> in between. <laughs> Oh, Lord. But anyways, it was a great highlight reel. Um, and it kind of, it, truthfully, I was just doing it for fun. Nick wanted to film this, and he's like, hey, let's do an interview style. I'm like, okay, cool. What are we going to do? Because I'll ask you questions. And Nick picked the questions pretty much. Yeah. And uh, I answered him. Of course, you closed it and threw my own question back at me. Dude, that I, I had asked to, guests. Man, I'm like, dude. oh, you butt. But anyways, I got through it, and I got done. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. You know, Nick had the lighting. You know, you did your thing. You're, you're yeah. good at what you do. But when you got done and watched it back, I was emotional. I, I was teared up when you when you showed me that sneak peek. And I told you that. Um, and, and just was able to look back at the last year and look at how many people we've had on the show and the things we've talked about. And, you know, from, you know, going back to episode one, we had Tom O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, his son killed Osama bin Laden. We had um, who else was there first week? Charlie, first week, was, Charlie and uh, was and Charlie and Dan. And Dan, mm-hmm. that was yeah, that was all the first week. Yep. So we had uh, Dan and Charlie's sons, which have been Michael Strange and Heath Robinson. Yep. We're both in extortion one seven with SEAL Team Six back in 2011 that passed away, um, killed in action. We've had Paul Hebert on the show from Wicked Tuna with Captain Dave Marciano as well, Cap- Captain Paul and Captain Dave, um, and listen to the stories about Dave. Or I'm sorry, Paul's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, and, and him falling down the elevator shaft, fracturing his back. Uh, to the the remarkable stories of uh, his fellow captains getting him back out there and getting on his feet. Now he has his own boat, mm-hmm. and in a couple weeks he's gonna have his brand new boat yep, that's buddy. customized. Yep. Um, you know, we had Tim Brown on the show from mm-hmm. FDNY from 9-11. Um, like I said in the interview, still to date, our number one most downloaded episode. Um, we look at the nonprofits, the country music singers, 
Bruce Mitchell. The guests, Bruce Mitchell, Swamp People. We've Benny done Elliot. Benny Elliott. We've done uh, telethons for 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, that telethon alone, I think we raised over $2,000, almost three, just in that one night. Um, and, and just spoiler alert, we may be having another one next week. Yep. Um, again, it gets into the vetting profit. Prof. You'll get it. Technical error. Uh, I don't know if the it's vetting technical. process of <laughs> my head shut off for a second. <laughs> the that's how it works. It, it's kind of like a computer processor. It starts going too fast, and all of a sudden it crashes. Um, it just crashed for a moment. They rebooted, and we're good. But um, we did the doing the vetting process, um, and we may have a familiar face yep. coming right back on Wednesday next week. Um, something tragic happened, and, and we look forward to stepping up and helping because. That's what we're about. The outdoors, helping, country music. It, you'll get it next week. Trust me. They'll, if if it's going to happen, um, we're shifting things around, and there'll be some uh, there'll be some notices out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you look at how far we've covered in the last year, or the people we've helped, and you know, we were on the phone with Justin last night, mm-hmm. our producer, and you know, I'm like, I, still to this date, I sit here and go, how in the hell did we get where we're at? I don't know because, you know, I, I used to think, well, your numbers on YouTube is what matters or it's the number on the man. When we saw the downloads, I'm like, holy crap, how many thousands of people, you know, now it's like tens of thousands of people and I'm waiting for Justin to go, Hey, you're at a hundred thousand downloads that episode. You know, there's always, there's always the future. And I'm like, I can't even get people to listen to me for 10 minutes. (laughs) What'd you say? Exactly. I've I've sat in discussions. Maybe it's just my maybe it's the way I talk with women. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's trying to keep that attention. I how we've kept you guys on this journey now. Um, we honestly, I thought we were just gonna have fun on the radio, and you know, it it kills some time until we went on to the other project we were working on. But all of a sudden, this got traction, and you know, we have first of all Nick to thank for that because you're the one we met at the radio and despite how we may or may not have been treated there, uh, you're a great guy and you, you helped us out tremendously in, in taking us to where we're at. Um, hope they appreciate what you do. And then, you know, a huge thank you to Justin, Sherlitic and Knucklehead Media that uh, pushed us because just, you know, listen to the interview if you get a chance, but, you know, it goes back to the days when, we were just having fun, and Justin says, you guys should do a podcast. Justin used to do, by the way, the ESPN Biz Talk Radio. He had a knucklehead podcast. I think there was even Beer Brothers at one point. He's had several podcasts that he's he's ran, and some were very successful. I used to listen to him all the time. And I'm not a podcast guy. I'm really not. But Justin said, you should do a podcast. And the first words out of my mouth were, I don't want to do a damn podcast. Everybody does a podcast. Well, now look where we're at. <laughs> doing a damn podcast All the, like the, the five star review love that I see is you know and not to be vulgar but I'm just like holy shit that many people listen to us and they love us I mean thank you I mean I, I guess I still have some growing to do and accept you know the compliment because that that to me is like man the three of us are doing something right and you know you and I had talked about this recently. It, it's hard to, and I'm so guilty of it myself, it's hard to pause and go, where the hell am I? How did I get here? 
You know, yeah. we we forget about the thing, the, the the small wins and the big wins that we've had because we live it every day. You know, we're we're normal people. We put our pants on one leg at a time. And I'm like, man, how in the hell did we get there? Well, I think I have that answer. We're just brutally damn honest. We are loyal. We stand behind what we do. We stand behind our products. We stand behind our show. We commit to delivering consistency, transparency, and the truth. You know, we don't sugarcoat things. We don't we don't put the the kid gloves on or the the filter. It's you know, you you're gonna hear about how the outdoors has helped somebody who lost everybody he worked with pretty much. Um some of it is brutal details and graphic content. You're gonna hear about people who have lost their entire family and they're out there getting it. And what I love about those people more than anything is that no excuse, no bullshit. You want to be happy? Hurry up because you're running out of time. You got one life. If you're not happy, you got nobody to blame but yourself. And these are people that have been there. They, they've been in, you could take the traumas that Matt, Nick, and I have all been through, and we've been through some hell, especially you. Even though you're not a veteran, you have been through some hell, serious hell. And you could put it all together, and you still can't touch somebody like Tim Brown. And he's out there doing it. Yep. He's out there yep. raising that money. Yep. He's out there riding his bike and doing that. Oh, God, do we have to do that this fall? I'm not. I forgot all about that. Ride. <laughs> Just your bike better have pegs, and I'll ride on the peg. <laughs> you, you I'll put you on, in a backpack. You touched on a lot of reasons why we're here. I think there's also another big one that we overlook. And this is going to come off sort of funny, but it's a little true, too. We have the right amount of dumb or the right amount of whatever it is that we can <laughs> <laughs> clarify <laughs> that we are just big enough idiots that we will put in the hours that this hour that we sit here still technically working feels like a break to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, yeah, it's just three dudes here talking, but I mean, I'm not thinking about well, the other two dudes things. And you. I, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not thinking about the things that I'm going to work on tomorrow right now. Right. So and this comes to be sort of a break from how many damn hours we put in in a week. It's a great break. And and you, you said it you said it best yesterday in the interview. And if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. But you mentioned that uh, you know you could be out in the field, which could mean a lot of things. You know, you could be at work. I mean, that could go with a lot. And then you said, you know, where do people come back and talk? Yep. Back at the lodge. And this, is, and this is our lodge. This is our lodge. It's cold in our lodge. We need to turn the fireplace on. <laughs> it is cold. Off. <laughs> <laughs> Not warm. But, you know, this is our space. We're, we can talk about things. Well, and that's the thing. You know, and the three of us share a great attitude about the nation in general and that's that there's division we recognize that there's division but one of the best man i'll tell you this this is this is just the way my brain works you asked me this tonight we were watching the news how does this end Mm -hmm. no 
I don't, again, I don't want to get into or talk about what happened. If for some reason you missed it, I don't know how in the hell you'd miss it. <laughs> Protesters, that we don't know exactly blank. who they were, yeah. stormed the Capitol and shut down Congress today. Somebody was shot and they died. It was confirmed they died on the way here. But the question was asked of me, how does this end? There's many answers. There's many what ifs and there's could have, would have, should have scenarios. And there's so many possibilities and options at people's disposal. The answer is if you want to see it end, it starts with everybody taking care of themselves. It starts with accepting that we as people are humans and humans are animals. And that's not a derogatory term. We are mammals. People think differently. They're raised differently. They have different cultures, different beliefs, different raisings, different influences, different inside influences, outside influences, pressures. Hormonal balances. I mean, all, all kinds of things. I mean, everything. Even genetic everything. things. I mean, yeah. But the bottom line is people who are hurt, as we say, hurt people, hurt people. Love of yourself, your own happiness comes from controlling your emotions and emotional intelligence. We talked about that, I don't even know how many episodes ago. But the reality of it is, until people can accept that people think differently, they don't have to and will or can always agree with you. But it's different. You can't see what they see until you stop arguing and stop blaming and shaming and sit down and remove that emotion, you can still disagree when it's over. But those talks don't happen anymore. The intimacy of understanding who you are and who somebody else could be and how they perceive themselves and how they project who they think they are, you're not going to see that clearly if you don't practice it. If you don't get outside, if you don't put the phone down, Phones are, they're such an integral part of our lives. They really are, especially in businesses. You know, social media, I mean, you're watching this show live on social media. If it's a podcast, well, guess what? You're probably using your phone. Probably not a lot of desktops left out there <laughs> for podcasts. <laughs> but the point of it is, every time we continue the relationship and the bond with our phone, it's less practice with human intimacy. It's understanding that when people say they care and they want to help and they want to be there, people don't know what that means anymore. They just think it's something people say. People do care. People don't wake up in the morning and go, I want to be an asshole. If they do, they're hurting. They're hurting bad. You got to start with yourself. Then you can help with others. There's people that don't agree that the outdoors is right or moral or ethical and that hunting and fishing is bad. They're entitled to feel that way. It's our way of life. And they're entitled to their way of life. But the moment they want to hurt me, that's when they're in the wrong. And if there's ever a moment I want to hurt them for no provoked reason, shame on me. That's the problem. 
We need to learn that people are people. Love is missing. And I'm not talking about learning how to love other people. I'm talking about learning how to love yourself. Quit being a victim. Violence does not solve anything. War has never really truly solved anything. When one bad person goes down, two more pop up. How many times were you guys looking for somebody and then you found them? And then the next day, you're looking for somebody else. It doesn't stop. There's, there's, there's flows of people that will always continue a certain lifestyle. The whole world will never live one type of lifestyle and think one single way. It's not going to happen. It's not. And as long as we continue to be the United States of America as a blended country of people of all backgrounds, you are dealing with a lot of different lifestyles, a lot of different values, a lot of different ethics, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different food. I love food. I love all kinds of food. I can't even think of a single kind of food I don't like, except for one, which leads me to why I brought this up towards the end of the show with the last few minutes. (laughs) There is a stinky fish challenge that is new on social media. Huh? Have you seen this? No. Stinky fish. Yeah. Let me see if I can find the name of that fish. No. Yes. But I'm out. It is a... Is it stinky wallets, like... When it's cooked, it's stinky? No, it's a canned fish. It's um, sardines or kind of. It's a um fermented fish. It's popular in Asia and Norway. Um like is this one of those challenges that will get you killed? No. Oh, not at all. Okay. Not <laughs> at all. If somebody can think of the name of that fish, comment it below. It's a fermented fish. But anyways, I saw I saved it on my other phone. Is it the Greenland shark? No, no, they're tiny, like minnow-sized fish. Aoy? No, it's not Aoy. Um, but anyways, Schmelt? no, it's not Schmelt. dude. It's something I actually never heard of. But um, I think I know what we're gonna do for next Green Horde initiation. But yeah, yeah, you might as well just. I might as well just quit the show because <laughs> uh, that ain't happening. You can do it. That'd be the only thing you have to do, or we just go back to the traditional greenhorn ragging on you. And that, and that works. <laughs> if I can find a wall locker, I got something I want to do to you. A wall locker? Oh, huh? He said if he can find a wall locker, there's something he wants to do to you, which and, and, may not be appropriate for the show. No, it's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. I'm just going <laughs> to throw you down a flight of stairs. Oh. That was ours. That was our hazing. You fit in a wall locker. Mm, you would fit in these wall lockers. Oh, okay. Yeah. My back would be toast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My yeah. pelvis would probably break again. Yep. Yep. Should have stuck to the stinky fish. It's a good thing you sit down at your job. You know, honestly, I would rather go through physical pain. Really? Then eat the it's like stinky. That big. Yeah, I, I don't care. I, I'm not eating it either, Nick. I'm, I'm with you. I, I would rather go through. I don't know the. the Here, what, 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 what is it called? Hell Week. Well, yeah, it depends on which branch. Dep- yeah, it depends and on what, what yeah. thing. Yeah, all of them combined. I'd rather go through that than no, eat you that fish. Uh, I don't know no, about that. <laughs> I don't know about no, that. No, you wouldn't. That's physical pain, mental torture, okay. agony. Okay. Okay. Then I'd rather go through my car wreck than than eat the fish again. Wow. Yeah. I'm not gonna say who this happened to, but day one. When I made it to my, or I mean, this person mm-hmm. made it to their unit, what they had to do was the hallway up in the barracks was probably, I don't know, 
there's probably 25 rooms. Mm-hmm. And you had to start at one, and you low crawled to the first door, and then you took a shot or a drink or whatever of whatever that room gave you, and then you low crawled to the next one. Sometimes there were nice ones that they'd give you a bottle of water. Sometimes it's like <laughs> King's Cup. Yeah. <laughs> and you're riding that whole hallway all the way down it. You've got to do it. That was a bad next 6 o'clock PT that next morning. Ooh. I'd rather do that than eat the fish. How many times did you ever fall in formation for morning PT? All and you held your breath when all they walked by? I mean, not all of them. Oh, yeah, all of them. <laughs> it was all of them. <laughs> I, I think most, 90% of the ones in Pensacola, I literally was holding my breath just to get out of formation. I just told my wife this story. Um, when I was in AIT, there's phases. Mm-hmm. Red, white, blue. And as you phase up, you get more rights. You can leave on the weekend, go to the mall, whatever. Yeah. So I was in blue phase. So you could we could we would leave on Friday night, come back on Sunday, and we'd all go to a hotel and throw a big party all weekend. That's what we'd do. But I at the time was the PG. I was the patrol guide, and my buddy was the guide on bear guy mm-hmm. that holds the flag. And you would come back to Sunday formation in your civvies. Your guide on bear would have to run up to his room, grab his grab his guide on. And fall back into formation. Well, we were running late that day. So my buddy Brandon, he uh, didn't have time to get the guide on. So our badges were red, white, or blue, signified mm-hmm. what phase you were in. He clipped that flag to that little or that little clip to his finger, and he stood in formation and did all of his you know parade rest attention <laughs> with the fl- and, and and that was a I barely remember that event happening. All right, because. Uh, yeah, I was still feeling good. <laughs> you were three sheets in the way. <laughs> yeah. This is our American Armed Forces back in the day, folks. Training. Training 101. That's all it is. You just got to learn how to work under pressure. That's what that was. Keeps us in line. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, this will be wrapping up for the week. But again, you know, try to just turn off the TV for a little bit. You know, things have a way of working out. We don't need... You you really don't. You don't need to flip between channels. And and I actually did it to prove a point to you yeah. um, on how radically different points of views and perceptions are. You don't need to hear 50 people in their opinions on that. We're here because we care about your opinion of you. And that's what's more important to fixing this country. That'll be a wrap-up for this week. As always, ask yourself... What are you grateful for? Live from West Tennessee, I'm Patrick. I'm still Matt. I'm Nick. And we are Back to Lodge. We'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. Nick here from Back to the Lodge. If you like the show, if you like the content, don't forget to subscribe to us, follow us, leave a review. And hey, if you want to see us and hear us live, You can go to our Facebook page, Back to the Lodge Podcast, and view us live each Wednesday night from 6 to 7. But until next time, we'll see you when we head Back to the Lodge.